Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With the voice of the Cardinals on Bally Sports, Dan McLaughlin, I'm Randy Carricker on 101 ESPN. And we had a chance yesterday to talk about Keith Law's prospect rankings. And by the way, if you're a Detroit Tigers fan, you got to be pretty excited. But Big we're time. excited here in St. Louis, too, because the Cardinals have some good young players on Keith Law's top 20 Cardinal prospects list. Uh, Keith Law, it's always good to have you on with us here in St. Louis. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, thanks. How about you? Good. Hey, before we get to the Cardinals, I, I want to talk about Green and Torkelson from Detroit. It seems like that's a franchise that's doing the rebuild in the right way. Do you agree with me on that? I would mostly agree with you on that. They've done really well. They picked high in several drafts. Torkelson was the first overall pick. Casey Mize was in the big leagues. He was the first overall pick. Riley Green was the fifth overall pick. They've generally hit when they've picked very high in the draft. Um, what they haven't done as well as some of the other clubs that have gone through rebuilds is the, the later stuff, the later, the smaller stuff, picking well with later picks in the draft or doing better in trades of veterans to acquire prospects to try to rebuild the system. And so their system as a whole didn't rank as high when I did my farm system rankings earlier this week. I think some Tiger fans were mad or confused how do we have two of the top five prospects in baseball but we don't have a top 10 system and the answer is because it takes more than two guys to make a farm system Mm -hmm. and once you get but really once you get out of the top seven or eight in that tiger system it's not bad but it thins out very quickly and i always argue if you want to build a contender getting stars is the most important thing but you also need guys who can be role players or fifth starters or utility infielders because you don't want to have to go out and spend money just to fill those spots in free agency. It's very hard to build a contender when you have to do that. In addition to whatever else you have to find that your system didn't produce on the star end. And Keith, it seems like that is something that the Cardinals do reasonably well, bringing up an unexpected guy like Edmund, uh, having a, a guy like Sosa emerge last year. The Cardinals, heck, their whole bench last year at the beginning of the year came from within their system. Now, it didn't get off to a great start, but they wound up getting some mm-hmm. production out of those guys. Yeah, they've really done very well with all of those other things, right? Picking later in the draft, finding some hidden value, Uh the uh, international group continues to find talent for them. Now, they, what they haven't done is that they have not made the sort of dump trades, trade a veteran, get a bunch of prospects, but they've used some of the products of their farm system in the other direction, too. Obviously, Nolan Arenado, or I don't think they gave up enough for him, but that's not the Cardinals' problem. That's the Rockies' problem. Well, there's that $50 million too, Keith, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> you yeah know. that's okay. It's, just, it's not my money. Right? Exactly. Someone, I'm happy to spend someone else's money. But they've done really well in sort of picking and choosing among their many prospects too and saying, well, okay, which guys are the ones we need to keep and which are the ones we'll use to 
uh, to help rebuild the major league roster through trades. Every once in a while, they, they sort of miss on a Randy or Rosarena, but I'll, I'll admit I missed too. I didn't know he was going to be this type of player. But in general, I think they've done very well in making those choices, which is one of the toughest things a front office has to do is say, well, this is the prospect we're keeping. These are the three we're trading. You, 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 it's the kind of thing that keeps you up at night, right? Did I pick the right one? Yeah, in a way, it's such an inexact science. And Keith Laws, our guest from The Athletic, does just a phenomenal job covering the minor leagues. And for a baseball geek like myself, I love this stuff. So um, you had Gorman at number – so looking at the overall top 100, you had Gorman at yep. 17, Walker, who I'm – I just – I think this guy's going to be a star, 30. Matthew Libertor, 36. We've heard a lot about him. And then Yvonne Herrera could be the heir apparent to Yachty here in St. Louis at 75. So if you have four in the top 100, Keith – and then some pretty good ones that are coming. Where are the Cardinals right now? What's the strength of their minor leagues? What's the weakness? And how do they compare to other organizations? I would say the strength of the system is athletic position players. Um, and you know what I mean by that is guys who, many of them actually play up the middle too or play skill positions, third base, second base, shortstop, center field catcher, the, the higher skill positions, they're valued more when, you're do, when we're doing statistical valuations like wins above replacement. Those positions are worth more. It's harder to find guys who can play them and play them competently. But also, I, I am a big believer in betting on athletes because they have greater ability generally to make adjustments. In this game today, especially with the way that we're seeing swing changes, pitch design, mechanical shifts, lots of these things require greater levels of athleticism than anything we've ever seen in the sport. I mean, it was always a joke, right? You could be a baseball player and be not necessarily in the best shape, right? <laughs> baseball, if you could, if you could hit or you could really throw hard. It didn't matter. And okay, on some level, yeah, that's probably still a little more true for us than say basketball or ice hockey. But at the same time, we do have, Uh, we do ask a lot of our players. We ask them to make a lot of adjustments. And so if you're athletic like Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, who is fifth on my Cardinals list, those guys are going to have the physical capacity to make bigger changes. So if the Cardinals want to go to Mason Wynn, who I think needs some swing changes, but is blessed with tremendous physical gifts, he's going to be better able to make and maintain those kinds of changes than a player who might be even a little better right now at playing baseball, but does not have the same kind of athletic ability. Do you, and I'm going to follow up on that. So let's just say yeah. Nolan Arenado is the third baseman of the future for the Cardinals, and I, I think we'd all like to think that, and he's in the fold for a mm-hmm. while. So Jordan Walker is 6'5", 220 pounds, big arm. He can run. Um, do, do you see him? Now, he's never played, as you know, <clears throat> above AA or at AA or even at AAA. So do you see him maybe starting at spring training and making a transition to the outfield because it, it could be a very short time in the minors, and then all of a sudden you got to get this kid up to the major leagues, but where does he play? Yes. I mean, the short answer is yes. Okay. I, I think everyone's expected since he was in high school that he was going to go to the outfield. The scout, the late scout, Charles Peterson, who drafted Walker and horribly died two months later of, of COVID-19. COVID, yeah. Yes. Uh, and I knew Charles, and he was wonderful, and he was very excited. Very nice man. Jordan. Yes. He he even admitted after the draft, he's like, I don't know if he's going to stay at third base. That's a big kid, right? And I think everyone just acknowledges, even if it were not for Arenado, the odds were always on Walker just getting so big, he was going to end up moving to the outfield. Arenado just makes it easier. At this point, it would be so easy to go to Jordan and say, nothing against you, 
but we have Brooks Robinson at third base. <laughs> right, right, right. Why don't we just move you to right field? And this way it clears the path for you to get to the big leagues. I will say, Walker blew me away with the approach, the plate discipline, some of the pitch recognition last year. Scouts coming back to me saying, wow, this kid is nothing like what we, you know, pro scouts generally don't see these guys in high school. Those are amateur scouts. And so the pro scouts are saying, we heard this kid was a really raw, unpolished athlete. And instead, he's got a pretty good idea what he's doing at the plate. So, so far, so good. I would really like to see what happens. You get to double A. I've had many hitters over the years say to me, double A is the first place they got to where pitchers could start locating the off-speed stuff. Let's see how Jordan responds to that. If he passes that test, then I'm with you. It's a straight shot to the majors. Put him in right field. He might be up in a year. If he struggles there, it's not panic time. It would be, to me, that would be completely expected given his background and what we expected from him out of high school and some you know, relative lack of experience as a multi-sport guy. He may just need a little extra time. I don't think that's damaging. I don't think it would be bad news. It's just the main thing I'm going to be watching for when the minor league season starts. Keith Law, you mentioned Randy Rosarena, and with his success, as you might guess, Matthew Libertor is a hot topic of conversation here in St. Louis. You have him at number 36 on your overall list in your top 100. If the Cardinals are able to maximize Matthew Libertor's talents, what do you think they have? I'd say a mid-rotation starter. League average are a little better. I, I, I kind of like him a little bit more than the industry does, I think. Everyone thinks he's a starter. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be a little bit better because he's pretty athletic by all accounts, even back to before the Cardinals drafted him. People absolutely rave about this kid, about his intellect and his makeup. I've also seen him already make a few adjustments going back to what he, I saw him in high school. I saw him again this year at the Futures Games, my, my most recent look at him. He's already made adjustments. He's already shown a lot of growth. And when kids do that, I guess not really a kid anymore. They're all kids to me. When, they, when you see them, right? Yeah. <laughs> when Bartolo Colon didn't get a job, I was like, oh, I'm older than everybody now. <laughs> but when, when you see a player make adjustments, to me, there's, there's no better indicator that he will be able to make more adjustments. He's already made so many changes to his game, all for the better. And now he's a true four-pitch guy. And I think he's really got good feel, good, a good idea of what he's doing, consistently improving command. He could end up a number two starter. But if I'm trying to be realistic and set my own sort of, yeah, I recognize I'm a little higher than everyone else, and I should probably you know, kind of regress that opinion back a little bit to reflect what everyone else says, mid-rotation guy is probably a lot more likely. You know, Keith, what's so interesting, too, is that I was looking the other day. He's only thrown 235 innings of pro ball. Yeah. And, you know, last year he makes the jump from A ball to triple A. So that that's a significant jump. What jumped out to me, though, right-handed hitters had 17 home runs against him. And I, I don't think anybody disputes his curveball. It's exceptional. But mm-hmm. that would tell me probably a changeup needs to be refined. Is that what you're seeing with him as well? Yep, spot on. And he has one. It's there. Uh, my guess is he probably would really just need to use it more than anything because it's there. I've seen it. I don't think it's a bad pitch. Trust me, I see plenty of bad change-ups um, going out to sea. I see a lot of A ball because of where I live, high A and low A. There's quite a bit near me. And so I see a lot of guys who throw real hard. And if you throw hard, it's not that difficult to throw a decent slider. Change-up's a totally different animal. I think Libertor has a decent change-up, but in his life, and you said he, you said he hasn't pitched a lot in pro ball, he hasn't needed to use it very much. He could often get shy with the breaking ball. That breaking ball has been an out pitch for him since high school. I think it still continues to miss a lot of bats for him. I think he can even miss some right-handed bats with it. 
But at the end of the day, he's going to have to refine the changeup. And that's probably going to come from much heavier use. And if that doesn't happen, at some point, they might need to look at other options, a cutter or a split or something. But I think the changeup is good enough already that I, my projection is it will become an effective enough pitch that he no longer has such a vulnerability to right-handed hitters. Keith, we know that you're intrigued by the Cardinals' top four because they're all in the top 100, Gorman, Walker, Libertor, Herrera. But outside of the the top 100, from the number five Cardinal to the number 20, which one holds the most intrigue for you? So I'll give you two. Uh, You know, I I identify a sleeper in every system, which is a prospect who's not in the top 100, but I think could really break out, end up on the top 100 a year from now. And their second-round pick last year, Joshua Baez, so a, an athletic high school outfielder from the Boston area. So it's not like he faced very good competition in high school. And there is some swing and miss there, but it is huge power. And he's got great bat speed. He's got a cannon of an arm. He probably also ends up moving to right field um, as he, he's a center fielder now, but I don't think he's going to last there. But one, the, the power is ridiculous. And two, the Cardinals have done so well with guys like this, right? Nolan Gorman was power over hit in high school. He's gotten so much better. Jordan Walker was supposed to be not very advanced as a hitter with all these other tools. He got into the system immediately. He's better than we thought. So I'm really interested to see what happens with Baez uh, once he starts his pro career in earnest. And the other is Zach Thompson, who's the first rounder a couple of years ago. And I got to look at him for a couple innings in fall league and was talking to some Cardinals people and said, I, I don't understand. How does this guy have a 70 ERA in AAA? I'm seeing three above average to plus pitches and his arm works you know, maybe they just moved him too fast. He wasn't ready for AAA and couldn't make the smaller adjustments. Maybe it's command and control. But that, those are three weapons that either put you in the middle of a rotation or in a high leverage spot in the bullpen very soon. And so he's going to repeat AAA. And my guess is he does a lot better the second time around. And if, and if he doesn't, he goes to the bullpen. He's very effective there. Yeah, I'm with you totally on Thompson. I was watching some of the Arizona Fall League, and I'm with you, Keith. I see three-plus pitches. I see him in spring training, and if he can cut down on the walks, obviously, and the Cardinals at the Major League Club had that big-time issue last year, um, you're talking about somebody that is going to stick. I want to go back to Nolan Gorman just for a moment. Um, What are you hearing about his defense at second base? Uh, Everybody I've talked to, they say, you know what? The transition wasn't that big a deal. He was fine, yeah. and he's got a guy. Here's a guy that could play second base and pop you 40 home runs, maybe. Yes, I think that's about right. It's, wow. it's 80 raw power. I know he has not hit for power like that in pro ball. I'm okay with that because, well, I, I mean, I, first time I saw him, I think he was 16. Right? I know we know he has power. I'm not worried that the power is not in there. The Cardinals did a lot of work with him, and actually, the Cardinals people give him more of the credit too. I'm just kind of cutting down on the swing because in high school, especially senior year of high school. He was just trying to hit everything 600 feet. And they've calmed it down so that it's just hard contact. If you're a strong kid, make hard contact, the homers will come. It's generally, that for most hitters, that's going to be the most productive approach. I am blown away by the changes he's made in terms of his plan at the plate, not just straight-up pitch recognition, but working the count more to his favor, which means more walks, fewer strikeouts, but also just better results. He does choose to swing. And I've heard and seen just a little bit exactly what you said about the defense, too. He's fine at second. He was fine at third. He made himself fine at third from being pretty bad in high school. He's going to be fine at either of those spots. And that's all that they could ask from him. The bat's going to be so good. As long as he can play just average defense at second, 
they're never going to worry about it. Keith Law, final thing, and I, I wanted to get your take on the contraction of the minor leagues because you mentioned you're around a lot of A ball and we're around a lot of independent ball here in the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. But do you think from the major league perspective, and you're a guy that spent time in the major league front offices, is it a good thing that they have contracted the minor leagues and cut down to 120 teams? No, it is a bad thing from basically every perspective except the owner's pocketbooks. And as I think I've made it clear, I don't really care about the owner's pocketbooks. Um, they have the money, and this wasn't that much of a savings for them. But it's actually hurting player development in a lot of ways. And I, everybody I talk to in the scouting and player development side says regrets that, that Major League Baseball chose to do this. And it especially hurts the younger prospect. The high school kids who are a little bit behind need some ex- something extra, an intermediate level between the Gulf Coast League and full season A ball and the international kids, many of whom come from the Dominican, Venezuela, uh, other countries in Latin America and have no real formal baseball experience. And the same thing, asking them to jump from the DSL to the Gulf Coast League and then suddenly to full season A ball, often when they're 19 or even 18 years old, they need the intermediate step. It would help so many players. And my compromise idea was instead of having four four short season leagues that are essentially two separate levels, just condense that one short season level between the complex and low A and it's 30 clubs, divide them up however you want. But this way everyone kind of gets what they need. And if some major league club says, we don't want to do that, fine, give them the choice. But most teams do want to do it. They want to have that sixth affiliate back. And I I hope we will see it return at some point because I think it's better for the game of baseball as a whole. Absolutely. Keith Law is our guest, and I, um, I'm going to actually call you off the air, Keith, so I can geek out some more on this stuff. I know we're running out of time because I love this stuff, and I love what you do. Um, so my final question is, Is okay, Yvonne Herrera, you've got potentially heir apparent to Yachty. He's on the 40-man. Juan Yepes on the 40-man. As we know, we're in a lockout. Uh, how concerned are teams right now with those kind of players if they don't have a normal – quote-unquote spring training or their season is pushed back and all of a sudden these guys they're locked out they can't play uh, is there is there a lot of talk about that right now there's more talk about the younger guys who maybe just got added to the 40 man okay. they're in a ball like cleveland's run into this they had a whole mess of, oh yeah almost all all international signees they left some guys off the 40 man if you'd said that to me two years ago Oh, they're not going to put Aaron Bracho on the 40 year in two years. So we just said, Are you crazy? Everyone's going to take that guy. Now, Aaron Bracho hasn't been very good. But the, my broader point is that they put guys on the back of their 40 man who are 20, occasionally 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And those guys just need to play. They just barely got into full season ball. So if they only play half a season this year and they all miss 2020, you're starting to talk about hundreds of at bats that these players, and it would be true for innings too. No doubt. No doubt. That these players are missing. And it just, it's going to slow everyone's development. And I, I know nobody cares on the major league side about them, but I do. It's my job. And I'm really seeing the impact already of the lost season in 2020. More injuries and a lot of players who just you know, were, were asked to make two-level jumps in the minors. And some did it. Some did great. But a lot didn't. And I think it's the lost time and the lost repetitions is really catching up to them. Keith Law, it is uh, in the midst of a lockout. We have two days between now and the Super Bowl, and you're talking baseball in St. Louis. <laughs> so, and people are eating it up. We, we love it. We appreciate your great work at The Athletic, and we always love having you on. Thank you very much. 
My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Take Keith. Care. Keith he, Love. You know, he brings up a great point. I know we got to go to your mm-hmm. killing me, Smalls, and we're going to try to break a little early because we had the Craig Berube mm-hmm. uh, press conference at 10. He brings up a great point, injuries. And so that is something that I know a lot of people in the game are concerned about, that if, first of all, the medical teams of the franchises have not been able to put eyes on players that are rehabbing. Mm-hmm. So where are they? And when they show up to camp, you know some guys are going to really try to get it going fast. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And that's when injuries happen. So that's something to watch out for here if and when they, they come back. Dan, with all due respect to ownership, got to say that, got to preface that. Yeah. That was really stupid what they did in not allowing their players to communicate with their medical staff. It's just stupid. That's your investment. That's your product. And you're your allowing investment. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. you're allowing your you're you're taking chances with huge investments. It for the Cardinals to not be able to communicate with Jack Flaherty this offseason. Yeah. How ridiculous is that? That's just stupid. And just nagging injuries. Yeah. And these guys are also given, Randy. Um, they would go, okay, Randy, here's your workout program. I'll check in with you in seven days. We'll do a Zoom. Mm-hmm. Then we'll And we've got people wherever you live, and they'll, they'll take the measurements and do different things that we're looking to do. Could be cutting down on body fat, getting bigger, looking to get stronger, quicker, whatever. Can't do any of that. None of it. Can't no. communicate. Ridiculous. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're finally at that hot new spot. The one your friends keep raving about. Sitting across from your date. It's going... Another round? Really well. And that dish you've been dying to try? Oh, it's headed your way. You can smell it. Hear it sizzling fresh off that skillet as it comes closer, closer, and served. Go ahead. Enjoy. After your phone sneaks a bite first... When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.